Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey friends, have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships? My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach and within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one -on -one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A where you all ask the questions and we answer and I'm joined as always by my intelligent, gorgeous, charismatic, amazing co-host, Physical therapist, lit senior teacher extraordinaire, Kristen Williams. All right, so let's be honest. This could be the reason why I do this with you every now. Because I mean, who doesn't like to hear Laura's descriptives? Like I, I look forward to it every week. I know, right? Everybody should be greeted like that. Look who's coming through the door. It's my amazing, <laughs> talented daughter. They would be like, "What like is your problem?" <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So we have got some questions here from my Instagram page. Um, so this person asks, what's the most challenging injury or illness you've had and how did you get through it? Ooh, I'll start. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Um, got, a, got a couple hours now. Just kidding. <laughs> I know. Seriously though. Um, well, real quick, and this is not my answer, but I will say an injury is what got me into physical therapy. So I am forever grateful to pain for steering me the heck out of accounting where I would have sat at a desk all day long. Oh my gosh, kill me now, right? Mm. But you know what I mean? Like, I didn't even just... know you were thinking about accounting. Oh my I goodness. I started off with accounting. I really, and but then I kept getting injured, shin splints, shin, you know, stress fractures, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, uh, so thank you. Pain, you know, pain really is our educator. So for me, I would say my biggest um, injury was a shoulder injury that 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 I sustained, and and I still I still deal with it, and it's it's scary. Like 
So I'm a physical therapist. You guys, everybody knows that. And I'm a manual physical therapist. And so um, I work on all bodies and I'm, I do adjustments and I do joint manipulations and I'm really good with my body mechanics. I really am. I focus on how to make things as easy for me as possible. However, one time I was, I had a long morning of patient after patient after patient. Uh, and then one of my fellow PTs asked me to work on his back. He was struggling. And this guy is like 6'3", 260 pounds maybe. Um, and so, I, sure, yeah, so I'm working on him. And um, I, I, my body was tired. And I, I went to do a joint manipulation. And I, I reached forward. If you watch me on YouTube, I internally rotated my shoulder, protracted. And then this is the position you get into, and then you lean back out of it. Well, he's so big that, and I wasn't thinking that I th I know I lean back, but I pulled with my shoulder, and I heard, I felt, and we heard like he could hear it on the table a a tear in my shoulder, and this was a excuse my French oh shit moment like. I'm a yoga teacher, I'm a physical therapist, and I just jacked up my shoulder. And that fear of like, and he looked at me, he goes, oh shit. And I looked at him, I said, oh shit. And he's like, you tore something. I was like, I tore something. And now, what did I do about it? First of all, I didn't panic at all. I, inside I had a momentary, but then I was like, wait, wait, <laughs> uh, it is gonna be okay. I obviously stopped what I was doing. It was sore, and I mean, I would even call it, it was painful for several weeks. I never got an MRI because I wanted to see if I could fix this thing without knowing what was wrong. Because while I love MRIs, sometimes that knowledge of what's going on can really affect, again, stress affects pain. And I knew that if I knew what was going on, it would increase my pain. So what did I do? I did not do chaturangas for a while. I didn't, I really re-examined how I did, was doing chaturangas, even though I don't think that caused it, but I knew that that would inflame it. I dropped to my knees. I did my own physical therapy. I, I did a lot of rotator cuff work um, below shoulder level. Um, I took Advil. I really changed a lot of things to keep it from getting aggravated. And then over time, it got better. Um, I The body is amazing at healing. So I really believe that like, and I've said this before, being a PT has allowed me not to fear pain. So pain is just information. And I now sound was a big information. I know something tore. We've heard it. If you tear your Achilles, it sounds like a shotgun. If you tear your ACL, people can hear that too. So it's very scary. It was a scary moment, but I also just, my knowledge, I knew this was a very complex joint. Odds are I tore my labrum or I tore my rotator cuff. I don't know which, but I've got a lot of stuff around there that can compensate and help me stabilize and my body can heal. It can lay down scar tissue. In fact, in the UK, they almost never repair Achilles tendons. Like that's unheard of in the US. In the US, you're gonna get your tendon repaired. They don't do it, and the outcomes are just as good. So the body is amazing at healing itself. So that knowledge, you know, to this person who's asking, 
can go a long way to don't fear pain, don't fear injury, take it as information. I have changed the way I practice. I I feel like it made me smarter um, to where I'll listen to my body better because that's when you get injured, unless it's like a traumatic, somebody runs into you or you are skiing and you somebody runs into you while you're skiing. I mean, skiing is another thing, you know, people will ski, 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 and they've not done anything for their legs and they tear an ACL because they're just tired. You know, you need it. We need to titrate our exercise. We need to listen to our body fatigue, you know, and give proper rest. But do I still feel it every now and then? I absolutely do. But again, I take that pain as information. All right, Kristen, what are you doing? What are you getting lazy with? And then I snap myself back into gear and I'm good to go. So, so far, thank you, shoulder. Give it a kiss. Yeah. It has, I'm still teaching and, you know, doing everything I need to do. Laura, what do you have? I know you, do you have any good stories to share? Um, yeah. I mean, I haven't had any kind of major injury in a long time, knock on wood, but I had, I did have an injury that um, was a, probably one of the most challenging mentally. Um, I was in a boat. My my Jonah was just a few months old, and our neighbors had a boat, and we had never gone out in it. They'd ask us every summer, and so they were they were kind of pressuring, like, "Hey, gotta go, let's go." And Mark's a water skier, so I wasn't gonna go. And they're like, "Come on, you can bring the baby." And I just had it in my gut. I was like, "I don't think I should go," uh, mainly because I had a three month old. I'm like, "I don't think a three month old should be on a motorboat." But they kind of, I just got a little pressured, and I'm just exhausted, so I just decided to go. And Olivia was a toddler and we were, Mark had gone skiing and then they were like, oh, let's let Olivia like get in the little, like get on the tube and go around a little bit. And so they, um, they were about to put the tube in the water, but then so they had unhooked the tube. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, it's a big circular thing that you sit on. And then they decided there was some debris in the water, so they were going to move so I was in the back of the boat. Fortunately, I was the only one in the back. I wasn't holding a baby. My, the, my mother-in-law was holding Jonah. Olivia was in the front of the boat. And they, they they started taking off. And it was like 10, 15 miles an hour. And because the tube was no longer down, it went flying up in the air. And I remember kind of this is all like they say these things that like time stops. I remember it was kind of going whipping around. And I was like, that doesn't look too good. And then it whipped down and the rope hooked under my leg, and, and then it went behind, you know, like, the, then it went behind, get fast enough, but my leg was caught, so I got pinned between the back of the boat, the rope was digging into my leg, and I remember I, and she started, like, going faster, and I remember just kind of calmly putting my fingers in between the rope and my calf and saying, you need to stop, like, I didn't, I was like, you need to stop, you need to stop now, so she did stop, and when I peeled it away, I had a like full second, third degree burn, rope burn. And it was all around my, it was like a snake. It went around my leg, up into my thigh, a little bit of my fingers. And I just remember I was just, I'm sure I was in um, actually a total, what's it called? Like shock. shock. I was in shock oh. because I was so just like, oh, wow, that doesn't look good. And we were like, oh, we need to go back in. And I just was just kind of like in shock. Um, the healing of that was hard. Burns are really painful, really painful. And I I had done burn therapy with um, 
and 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 I remember like you've got to keep it moist, you got to do all this stuff. And I, you know, because I was also you know postnatal, I w- didn't take the best care of it. Then I had to ex, I mean, whatever. Um, what's debride it called? It. Debride, debride it on my own. So it was just mentally a good month of feeling like I can't believe this happened to me. Oh my god! And then having, by the way. What I would now recognize is PTSD of like my leg could have gotten chopped off. That could have gone around my neck. That could have gone around my child's neck. Like all the things that you go through when something happens, it's done. And then you have all these like emotional what? flashbacks of what yeah. could have happened worse. So to me, that was actually one of the hardest, most challenging because I was just, it was painful. It was, um, unnecessary like I kind of knew I didn't want to go there and then all of a sudden I get this fucking you know excuse my French but this you know <laughs> major rope burn which by the way uh you can barely I'll show you when we're in coast I mean you can barely see it but it was like I thought I was going to have this bit like snake-like tattoo on my ah. leg um and it was just challenging because it was a type of injury that I'm not used to treating uh you know I know what to do with soft tissue I know if my bone breaks um and this was just it was like a lot of patience because I would walk and it would get swollen. And but it, um, you know, I, what I kept coming back to after I got over the initial shock, stress, post-traumatic stress of it is I kept coming back to listen, inner listen. Like, I don't blame anything, but I had such a feeling I shouldn't have gone on that boat. And it just really. So I guess there's always like a silver lining, like you said, like pay attention, like don't just be pushed into doing something. And, you know, I don't think that that happened because it just happened to happen. But it just it made me think like I just didn't want to go on that boat and I shouldn't have. And um, I pay attention to stuff more and I appreciate I appreciate, oh, my gosh, that that could have been worse. And it wasn't. And how lucky I am. So I think in the end, it gave me such a deeper appreciation of health and, you know, how how your life can change very quickly in in this in the snap of the fingers uh that could have i because afterwards i read many people do get their leg actually severed with ropes from boats so yeah. the other thing i have preached about is please be very very careful on a boat when there's a rope involved because once you have wind the rope is really it just doesn't have any um you lose that kind of like control it, control and it can wrap around you and it is not good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I like that you pointed out PTSD because that is real. That is real after injury. And so I would highly recommend people who are struggling with chronic pain to see a counselor, you know, to really seek. Absolutely. Counseling because it is, you know, pain is traumatic. Injuries are trauma. This is a true for having babies can be traumatic for people, you know, so honor that in your body. Like if, like Laura said, it wasn't just that the injury, it was what you think about afterwards. You relive it in your head. Um, I see this with a lot of my chronic pain people, it, 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 that they develop this unhealthy relationship with the pain and it's trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. So, yeah. That, and you're we, right. That and can, and really. You know, there's something liberating about talking about it to someone, you know, so if people do have some kind of PTSD with pain, with an injury, with something that happened with birth, 
yeah, like you said, like people can have really not the birth they planned. And then they just get so busy taking care of baby. I know at least the baby came out, you know, fine and all this, but they haven't dealt with like what it felt like for them. So please talk to somebody. This is because we that those emotions, that fear, like all the things that I thought like in my shock state, I was not yet registering when I got quiet and it was away and I was safe. That's when it came through. And that's what happens a lot when you have these kind of traumatic events and they can be wonderful events that have some degree of trauma in them, like a birth, uh, that we do need to register. We need to release that and not bury it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question. All right. We got one from our, one of our lit instructors, Chioe. Um, she has this question, um, and I'm going to do her second one first because it's got some great photos that I want to share. Um, and we see this a lot. So she says, I have seen many yoga studios and teachers posting in social media photos of doing adjustments to students in classes. For example, a seated forward fold. Of course, we don't do that. Another person lying on the back for whatever reason and some other adjustments and help when students are holding in poses. My question is, Are we supposed to use our body weights on people or is it safe to even do any kind of these so-called adjustments? And so if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to share my screen because this is arguably horrifying, some of the things that she sends photos of. And so here we are with this person is like in a, um, what I would call like a really high cobra and the person is pulling their you can see her humeral head oh, like, popping yeah. out through her armpit. She's pulling her into hyper shoulder flexion. Um, this one right here where the, she's in a straddle forward fold and the yoga teacher is pulling her arms into hyper shoulder extension and drawing them together. Um, this one right here is an assisted, she's in a prayer twisted, what looks like a crescent or a chair. And the person is grabbing at the shoulder and drawing her further into a twist. Um, and then this last one is absolutely terror. This girl is in a seated forward fold and someone is literally lying on her, forcing her deeper into flexion. Um, well, let me jump right in. Because jump first on of all, these, if, you, if you don't know already and you're listening in your car at some point when you're home, look on our YouTube because you need to see these. The fact that this is, happening at all is astounding to me like i cannot even tell you all the wrong there is with that it and especially with those particular things you're talking about the shoulder vulnerable joint anyway and somebody pulling on it that is not you um in two of those positions uh you're talking about the low back lying on it and then that other what was the first one where it was like um shoulder also there was the yeah yeah. it's just Oh, and the yeah, back. Oh, my gosh. The shoulder. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 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 it's so wrong. Okay. So there's the, there's here, here are my thoughts. And I think Kristen will agree. We are both physical therapists. And if I can't describe verbally something um, to a client that they get, I will then have them try that with their own hands. And then if they're okay, I'll have, I'll say, can I, you know, can I, and it is a facilitation. I am trying to give feedback. It is light. It is like lift your, you know, this into me or 
move your head back. I'm not manipulating, pulling, pushing, using any degree of force to get them in some kind of postural alignment. Because first of all, that isn't serving anybody. They need to do it on their own. And I might, I can give them feedback just like they can give themselves feedback or the floor can give them feedback. So there is definitely, we definitely help tactile cues, but it is a facilitation. It is not forcing. All of those are examples of forcing. I do not know why that would ever be taught um, because at, you know, at the best, you have somebody who's super tight and they won't feel anything practically, like with the back, you know, with lying on. But um, that is, and there, so there would be no change. But the people, the other, the women she was working on, um, they, you could really overstretch the capsule, the shoulder. Um, you could, you could fracture a rib the way she was trying to make a person um, rotate thoracically while putting one lever on her bottom leg and the other on um, the shoulder. You want, I want people to move actively. They figure it out. All right. That is a uh, me. That's a passive and that's, that's passive. That's passive aggressive <laughs> because it's not even passive means like you're not actively frying the range. Um, so like I could be, you know, turn my feet out like uh, in a um, molossin and kind of sit down and hang. So I'm kind of passively getting some external rotation of that gravity, but I'm not moving. I'm not moving it actively. But passive aggressively is somebody forcing me to get into bigger rain. And that that is just, um, it's unethical. It's unethical. No, very few PTs I would think would ever do anything like that. Certainly not a yoga teacher. No offense, but like we've been trained how to do small manipulations and small things in particular areas that are like very specific, a segment of the spine or part of the scapular or, you know, but the a person who's trained in yoga who who probably doesn't have that sh shouldn't be putting their hands on the body like that at all, at all. But yeah. It's next level. I mean, like I yeah. looked at those and I was like, oh. Oh, like That's, we need uh, to share this. Yeah. Because yes, you you don't know somebody's history. I mean, compression fractures is when a compression fracture can occur in the spine when the body of the vertebra just fails. And that can legit happen to if someone is susceptible to it, if they have arthritis, uh, excuse me, osteoporosis in their spine, um, we don't know that we we don't I, as a physical therapist when i am evaluating someone i get a detailed medical history from them so i know if they have rheumatoid arthritis where their ligaments are susceptible to you know failure um where i know what the condition of their bones is i know their history um you're in a yoga class you don't know what people have and to to put yourself at risk up i mean in the us if you would hurt somebody you would be sued out out of house and home if you did something and that hurt somebody now, i don't know if that's true all over the world we have a very litigious society so yoga teachers don't do this you are not enhancing anything in the body people I don't know why this even became a thing because I do see it a lot. Not those, those are extreme, mm -hmm. but I would see in pigeon people come and push down on the pelvis. Mm. 
come on, man. Like, that's just not okay. You are putting a mobile, you are really putting their hips highly susceptible. I will see people, you know, get that one where they are pushed forward more into a forward fold. We don't need to go there. Mm -hmm. Um, I would never do that as a physical therapist. As a physical therapist, we're getting in. These are very graded mobilization. I can have somebody who comes to me with a like a knee stuck in a flexion contracture. I'm not going to sit on that knee. There's mm-hmm. no way. Even th- even though back in the day we would sort of do that. Back yeah, in, exactly. You know, we would like put them on a thing that would like a, you know, and have a hold them there. We know better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that just don't put yourself at risk of really causing someone harm. I cannot say enough. So and, and it further black. glorifies this whole um, in range ex- of extension. All of that that we, you know, we don't want people doing actively, quote unquote, which most likely they're not doing actively. They're probably getting into some sinking where they're, um, uh, but certainly not with somebody else's weight force on them. I mean, I feel like. This is where you go if when you really want this separation of teacher and student. And I'm not, we're not about that. I mean, we're in this with you. We have knowledge we want to share. But if I'm doing something to you in that kind of way, I think it does separate. It's like, I'm, you know, it's like it puts you on some, and, and that's just bullshit. Like, get rid of this kind of hierarchy, stage on the stage. I know what you should be doing. Because that's what you're saying when you come and manipulate somebody like that. I know better than your own body. And when we talk about PTSD, like people that are getting adjusted might be having real stress and they're just frozen. They can't respond or they might just be like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And they kind of go into the fawn stage like I'm just going to accept it. And what we're trying to do is have somebody like love and understand their body. And you're inherently communicating that something is not right and I'm going to make it the right way by by doing those things. It's just there's a lot wrong with it. Um, and so, yeah, please don't do yeah, that. Like under the guise of helping. And that is, you know, that yeah. is, uh, yeah, I mean, to me that, yeah, it's, yeah. there's a, there's a power play involved. Mm, it yeah. is. And, and listen, the teacher who might have been doing this, might have been trained that way and that's what but that's but this is where we see it in the lit community people that might have been teaching like that or even being in that kind of um environment and they were thinking like they were critical thinkers so that's the big thing too is if you're a teacher who's doing that we're not bashing you because you learn from someone but you need to be a critical thinker and this is probably not where you want to stay because you're not you're not educating you're not helping and you definitely don't want to be hurting somebody and you're you're just going to have such more f- more fulfillment when you're actually helping someone discover how to move better, stabilize better, enjoy movement, and not go to these in ranges and push them into that. So, Brooke, woof, that was scary to look at. I can't believe that <laughs> still exists, but I know it does. It's, it uh, does. It is. All right, my friend. Uh, I guess that's all for today. One more. Okay, let's do one more. Yeah, because we we have uh, we have more to give. So let me let me pick a let me pick a a short one. Well, how's this? Uh, This is going to be impossible to know, Um, (laughs) which is one thing that you can't live without. Ah, meaning one thing each of us can't live without. 
Well, we can't say that. There's many things we can't live without, our children, our, our partners. So that's a fun question, but not for the Do you have any? I've got another one. But I no, love that somebody asked us that. I would say, yeah, I know. That's a great question. I mean, yeah. I, I can't live without books. Like I, I okay, I, yeah. I Let's think about not people, not like the loved ones. Yeah, I'm the same. No. I agree. I can go without my TV. I can go without movies. I cannot go without books. I love to read. I'm going to be I, a copycat. I, I would say books, and, but the animals are part. So let's say, oh, let's say non-living, like yes. innate objects, because obviously we have our family and our animals and all that stuff. But yes, I agree. Books, absolutely, because I remember my mom said to me. um, you know, she's eight, almost 81. And she said, some of my friends say they're bored. She goes, I could never be bored. There's, I'm never going to have enough time to read all the books I read. And she has like piles of magazines. Like she reads the New Yorker and National Geographic and she's always getting behind. And so, yeah, I think like, I think that's so true. Like how could you ever get bored? There's so much to read. We'll never get to be able to read it all. It's all fun. And, and that's an escape. Yeah, you know, yeah. I love it. I love, I, I have such admiration for authors mm. who are so creative and they come up with these storylines and I I I will be like laughing out loud reading things they make me feel ways you know that I just don't get I don't get that same in it on TV some things will but I got yeah, a book I think I think you go it's almost like it's like the uh Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe you yes. go in you know what I mean you, you go into the adventure Versus like when you're seeing something on TV, it's like entertaining you, but you don't necessarily go in it. You know, it's like a passive thing. And this is, yeah, you go in it. I like that. Yeah. That so, was a great question. That was a good, that was it. We had to, we had just to define that we couldn't forsake our children yeah. or our husbands or our Family. friends. Like, yes. but Friends, yes. But I think books, for yeah, be a books. Book. And for me, I know KB is not the coffee. Like, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. I have I have said before, there was an 18-month time period where I went without coffee thinking, let me just see if I, you know, because I didn't like the idea of being addicted to something. Yeah. And then I just had a revelation. I'm like, I'm just happier with coffee in my life. Like, I just am a happier person with it. So what the f was I thinking? Why not? Yeah, yeah. why not? So <laughs> books and coffee. There we go. That's awesome. Uh, all right, everybody. We love your questions. See, no questions off the table. And we're just giving you our opinions. We like to stay open-minded, but we do have some strong opinions about things because, you know, I think we've earned it. We're older. We've been in, we've been in it. Um, but yeah, so ask us anything and we'll, we'll give you our opinions on it. And we love, love hearing your questions. So find me, ask me on Instagram, direct message me at laura.hyman or KB at kbwilliams99. You can also send us an uh, email if you're not an Instagrammer to support at lityoga.com. We will put them in our little file folder and get to them as soon as we can. Um, and you can always make them anonymous. So if, if you don't want your name, you've got something that, you know, is maybe more personal to you, that is fine too. Just let us know. And uh, don't forget to rate and review uh, on whatever your listening platform is because that just helps us out. That means a lot. Thank you. We love you. And as always, we're pulling, we're pulling for, for you. 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 <laughs> <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.